This is exciting. This is our third week and our third call. Also, our second correction. Hi, Josh. Hi, Corinne. Hi, Careless Talk listeners. Um, this is Megan McDowell. I'm calling from New York City. I was listening to the podcast last night and the one with Ali, uh, and you're speaking about, uh, the Staten Island Ferry and I'm like listening and all of a sudden I was like, oh, there are no cars on the Staten Island Ferry. <laughs> the Staten Island Ferry doesn't ferry cars. Uh, it only ferries people. I grew up in the Midwest and I listened to a lot of Billy Joel, uh, as a youth. Um, my parents had it on a lot in the house. You know, in these songs I would hear about Mulberry Street. I would hear about, you know, Riverside. Um, and now I live here. I used to work at a restaurant on Mulberry Street. I used to work at a restaurant on 52nd Street. And that's just been really interesting because in, when I was a kid, they seemed sort of like mythical, these like mythical song lands. And they're real. They're real places. Um, so yeah. Anyway, I'm really enjoying the podcast. I have no music theory knowledge, but I have, uh, some, you know, nostalgia Billy Joel knowledge, so I'm really enjoying it. Keep up the good work, and I'll talk to you guys later. Bye! Thanks for the call, Megan. We'll take this as the open invitation to come and stay at your place when we do our Billy Joel walking tour episode. Uh, interesting, the call also matches up with an email that we got from another listener, Chris. First of all, uh, he says that the show is everything he ever wanted and more as a fan. Aww. So that's very nice. Uh, but he says, uh, I grew up on Long Island near Levittown. I am now located in upstate New York. My theater teacher in high school shared with us on the first day of class freshman year two Billy Joel facts. The first being that Virginia, in Only the Good Die Young, went to my high school, Holy Trinity, a Catholic high school near Hicksville High School where Billy Joel was a student. The second thing is that the Village Green referred to in Scenes from an Italian Restaurant is located next to Holy Trinity High School. Uh, it's just very cool when people get to have these experiences, you know, like you're, uh, you remember Mario 64 and you could like race against your ghost. Like it's like the ghost, the, the living ghost of Billy Joel. Cause he's still alive. Well, yeah. And I guess, uh, uh, for me also being like the shy Midwesterner that I am, I don't have like a crazy wide network of people that I know not just like that they're related to Billy Joel necessarily yeah but like uh New York is not like West Michigan right no yeah and just the East Coast everything is far more compacted yeah you know yeah yeah it's just neat maybe this will be a recurring segment I don't know we'll see how much he's in the news BJ in the news BJ in the news (laughs) BJ in the news This isn't the most topical news. Look, I'm sorry. I work in IT for public education, and it's kind of a busy time. People say, oh, you work at a school. It must be nice to have summers off. I'm like, yeah, it must be. I don't know what that's like at all. Uh, But anyway, I apologize that this has become a biweekly podcast. But uh, within the last two weeks, do you remember what's been happening in the news? Yeah. It's a little hard to forget. A little, a little hard to forget. Uh, well, Billy Joel, in light of the events in Charlottesville, decided to wear a Star of David uh, on his on his jacket as he was performing at Madison Square Garden to protest the rise of anti-Semitism. Uh, do you also remember uh, Anthony Scaramucci? Vaguely. Vaguely, right? You know, he was with us for such a short time. It's uh, so fleeting. Real star-crossed uh, our experience with 
the mooch. Uh, so at the same show, he also uh, he invited on Scandal's Patty Smythe on stage to sing Goodbye to You as images of ousted Trump officials like Sean Spicer, the mooch, as we mentioned before, uh, appeared on the screen. Uh, pretty political. Uh, Very political. For someone who has stayed uh, fairly like apolitical yeah. for a long time. I really appreciate this gesture. Yeah, I, I think mean, it's a huge gesture. It is. It is. I mean, well, and for one thing, I mean, the like, Joel family, you know, at the hands of anti-Semitism suffered greatly. Right. Just in the past, you know, his, his grandfather, you know, lost his business because of the Nazis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they left so, yeah. escaping the Nazis. No, they the left Nazis. Europe uh, escaping the Nazis. So Billy Joel uh, does not need much of a reminder. Right. And I don't, yeah, I mean, like seeing a Star of David, uh, placed on somebody's clothing like that too is just it's really striking and it's impossible to ignore i know there are people out there who want um who want public figures to stay out of politics and keep that stuff to themselves but at times like this i think it's necessary for them to uh to speak out and uh but it's also a reminder of like you know i am you know at least culturally jewish and I'm up here on the stage in front of, you know, thousands and thousands of people. I'm not going away. Yeah. Mere existence sometimes can be the ultimate protest. Careless Talk, that's what you heard about us, the Billy Joel Song by Song podcast, where we take you from the high to the low to the end of the show. For the rest of my life. I'm your host, Josh Bordon. With me, as always, Corinne Keener. And today we're talking about the sixth track from Cold Spring Harbor, Turn Around. So if you don't know this song, or if you don't own it, you can press pause now. Go to that bar in Blues Brothers. The one with the chicken wire? That's the one. The one where the woman says, uh, we have both types of music here, country and Western. On nights where there's not live music there, they, they just have the jukebox. So go to the jukebox. Look under Billy Joel's name. And this is the only song that they have by Billy Joel there. It's probably been in there since 1971. It has been. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty amazing. They have every song with a slide guitar in that jukebox. They could not hear the falling of the rain. <laughs> they literally could not. All right. Or you could press pause, buy the song on iTunes, Google Play, music. A Go. Vivo YouTube thing that's like, we're pretty sure is actually a legit way to listen to something on YouTube. Yes. Just turn around, turn around, Billy Joel will sing you a song, and then we'll be here to talk about it. You've given a brief opinion on this song in other episodes. Would you care to give me a hot take? I hate this song. Okay. Why do you hate this song? This song does not belong on this album. Okay. Uh, Yeah, so I I took some notes while I was listening to it the first time. One of them says Sean Connery affect, and I literally do not know what I meant when I wrote that down. Just turn turn around. I guess. I'll I'll sing you a song. Yeah, I don't know why I wrote that. These are my notes. So my notes are very country, Sean Connery affect, which I literally do not know what that means. Sounds like a karaoke track. What the hell is this? The line... I was your lover, but I thought I was your friend. 
I loved you, but I thought I was your friend. I do not like that. Yeah. No, but it makes sense, though. Like, I loved you, and I thought I was your friend. Why are you treating me so bad? Yeah, I know. I just hate the way that it comes out, and I do not like the song very much. It does sound like the movie knockoff of, like, we couldn't get the rights to this song. So the key grip wrote this. <laughs> yeah. Which, not knocking. I'm sure there are some key grips out there that could write really great songs. Uh, Yeah. But, you know, I'm just... What am I doing with my life? Yeah, I'm just guessing. Because you're a key grip. That, that's a real craft you got to work on. You know what? That's a great opportunity for that key grip. No, that's true. I apologize. You... Hey, if a key grip wrote this, great song. So do you have any idea of what this sounds like aside from Rust Belt karaoke night? Honky Tonk karaoke night? Uh, I don't, except for, yeah, basically every country music song that came out of... 1960 to 1979 that you'd never hear anymore you know like all the ones that didn't make it to yeah. now yeah just mindless generic country yeah yeah so i have been talking about uh, maybe i've been playing it up a little bit i don't know if you caught on uh but this is where the thesis statement for our commentary uh my high school english teacher has something to teach you about where to release your thesis statement at the beginning yes so this was the 1970s and so we're turning into this era of the singer-songwriter. So at this point, after Billy Joel was in The Hassles and Attila, he was trying to get into publishing, hoping he could get one of his songs covered. He wasn't trying to be the performer? He was, I'm trying to think of like, you know, I Like think, Sia? I mean, Sia does her own performing now, yeah. but she's actually, she writes a lot more music for like Katy Perry and stuff like that. Like yeah. She or, writes pop songs that all of the pop stars sing. But also she has some of her own music. Mark Ronson. Yeah. Barry Manilow, I think, has that to a certain degree. I mean, yes. we also think about him singing he his own songs. But I mean... He writes know, he, the songs... Right. ...that make the whole world sing? At least part of it. Is that that song? Yeah. I write the songs. Yeah. Okay, so Billy had been playing in rock and roll bands before recording Cold Spring Harbor, The Hassles, and Attila, but he was getting a bit burned out on that scene. And it was his manager, Erwin Mazur, I think is how you say his name. Erwin Mazur. Erwin Mazur. Could be Mazur. Who told Billy, according to Fred Scherer's The Definitive Biography, quote, All the people I've talked to in the music industry say if you want to get your songs heard, you should make your own recording. So while some of the songs on the album have, you know, real influence from the Beatles or Bob Dylan, um, they feel like they were meant for Billy Joel and they sound like Billy Joel songs. You know, they're, they're, you know, they've gone through the Billy Joel brain and machine enough to sound like, oh, this is this is his body of work. But some of them, like this one, they sound like songwriting projects from his earlier publishing ambitions. So these are the songs where, like, if I cast a wider net, maybe I'll get more potential buyers. This is like, look, I can do acoustic guitar. Right. I can do piano rock. I, I can, can sound do. Like the Beatles. I can sound like Bob Dylan. I can do country western. Yeah. I can do a parable for kids. I can do a polka. Yeah, like, and I think some of these songs were meant to be good songs that he believed in, and some of them I think were just like, I can I can fill- do klezmer rock. <laughs> klezmer rock? Oh, okay. Yeah, I get what you're doing now. Keep going. <laughs> um, I, I can, can do death metal. I can do Brazilian screamo. <laughs> yeah, I can do Tibetan throat singing. We get to that a little bit in Tomorrow is Today. Yeah, that's right. I can do Metal Calypso. <laughs> Ooh. 
I can do Baroque pop 30 years before Rufus Wainwright. He was saying like, oh, I can write some songs, but also it's probably more economical to just write a bunch of songs because artists need tracks. Like it's still kind of a single based era at this time a bit. So we just need some songs that can fill up space on this record to make the money worth it of, of making a whole record. So I think this is definitely one of those songs. And maybe it's because the lyrics are so... If you could like categorize these lyrics, how would you categorize them? Forgotten. Yeah, right? Yeah. They, yeah. There's just they're nothing. Not, yeah, they're, they're nothing. Lyrics. I don't know where you've been. You've been gone too long. Like It's just yeah. mindless, generic. Yeah, I don't even yeah. get a feeling. These other songs that we've talked about, they kind of just touch the knockoff category a little bit. It's early songwriting. People are going to sound like other people, but this song is just a knockoff. And I think anybody who's ever seen The British Office knows what I'm talking about. That's Handbags and Glad Rags from the opening credits of The Office on the BBC, written by Mike, I assume it's Dabo, Dabo, of yeah, Manfred sure. Mann. You know he sang? He sang The Mighty Quinn. Yeah. You know who wrote The Mighty Quinn? Bob Dylan. Comes around. <laughs> it, it, it turns, turns around, around and turns around, and they all write these songs, and then the other guy sings the song. Mm. No, and this, this song has been uh, performed and recorded by tons of people. Uh, Chris Farlow was the first. Rod Stewart recorded the song in 1970 on his album, An Old Raincoat Won't Ever Let You Down. Do you remember when I said... Good God, Rod Stewart. <laughs> All right. I sent you a text message and said, don't look at it until we record. Please look at that text message. Oh. Oh, my God. What is happening? <laughs> that is the craziest album cover, right? <laughs> At first, I thought it was just Rod Stewart, but it's not. It's like a scary man. Yeah, like it's like a weird old grandma lady also. Is that a lady? I don't know. Chasing a child who is wearing what can best be described as a clown outfit. Yeah, it's weird. It is real weird. That's good. That's going on the Instagram. But what's not weird is how much Billy Joel's song sounds like handbags and glad rags. I'm going to play Turn Around again. This, yeah, this, this is a knockoff. Full stop. We see you, Billy. And it's got, it's you know, he's but got those same little okay, little flourishes. Yeah, I really don't have anything else to say about this song. It's not bad. Like, if somebody played this song live, it'd be a fun jam. Because you're just like, oh, hey, that kind of sounds like Cheers. I mean, yeah, I wonder if he ever plays this in his concerts. I don't think he does. He The only songs that he really plays from Cold Spring Harbor, She's Got Away, Everybody, Everybody Loves, Loves You Now. Now. Yeah. I mean, because it would be crazy. I mean, like, it would be just a crazy shout out yeah. to the people who love billy joel like yeah it's it's a knockoff this is one of those songs that was just like i need another song on here or i need another song for my submission to whatever publishing company 
here's this. Yeah. But there's still, there still is a fun part of it. I don't, it's not, when I say that I hate it, it's not that like it annoys me or anything yeah. like that. It's just like the last song on this album. Yeah. It's like a throwaway. Yeah. There is a little, he could have, there are some things he probably could have done with this song a little bit to make it a bit more his own and have a real honest effort to it. But yeah, yeah this definitely just feels like. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like every yeah. album ever written. Mm-hmm. All of the songs are knockout of the park, like number one hit bangers. Like there's some songs in there that are just like, this song is here so that the next song has right. something to, you know. A parent loves their kids all equally, but this album does not feel that way. Yeah. Um, do you know the Ben Fold story about publishing? No. So Ben Folds, I don't know if it was a recording contract or a publishing contract, but he was, or he was supposed to record or, or write 4.6 songs. That was what was left of his contract. So he just decided like, okay, I'm going to write four really shitty songs. This is similar also to... Oh, Van Morrison. Was it Van Morrison? It was Van Morrison. Okay. He got stuck in a contract with this recording company and he couldn't get out of it. So he wrote this album of just absolutely insane songs. One of them titled? I Think You've Got Ringworm. <laughs> You've got ringworm. I don't think anybody will mind if we play that on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty common thing that happens. I mean, I, I think Van Morrison actually probably put the least honest effort into it. His was really complicated. But it's there also the most honest effort, really, when you think about it. Is an episode of some podcast that I can't... What What's the album called? The Unauthorized Bang Collection. It wasn't actually the entire episode of a podcast. It was a small segment of an episode of Bullseye with Jesse Thorne. Mm. The episode is titled Todd Glass and Rafi. It was from uh, February 9, 2016. Uh, Somewhere near the end of the episode, I think, he usually recommends something to the listeners. And I think he calls it the upshot. Um, But so it's, it's that segment. And he tells the story of how Van Morrison's thing happened. And he plays some of the music and it's funny and the story is great. And you should go check it out. Uh, so the Ben Fold song, have you ever heard this? No. Okay. So this is a uh, song one down, but Ben was in uh, a publishing or recording contract where he needed 4.6 songs. And this was the first of the 4.6. He just tried to write a bunch of crap. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, No, that's... I, I feel like Billy Joel is trying to be a little more honest about it. I feel like this is just one of those songs that's like, this was in my songwriting packet, just needed an extra song. They said, write something that sounds like that Rod Stewart song. Because um, the Rod Stewart recording 
of handbags and glad rags came out in 1970 so it's like right butted up against there yeah this this uh ben fold song even sounds a little bit country there's something about a country song that's easy to write and just yeah it doesn't mean it's yeah. going to be a good one no because there are plenty of good good country yeah. songs that were probably not that easy to write but but if you need to write a song and you need filler like you can write a listenable like this song is totally listenable yeah this, this is not like turn off that noise this is a decent song right it's it's just definitely like not an honest effort. This is this is the song that like the teacher would be like, you can do better than this. Yeah. You're going to rewrite this. Well, that is it for this episode. Thank you for listening to another episode of Careless Talk. If you have a comment uh, about Billy Joel or our episode, you can give us a call at 616-929-0313. Or send us an email and or voice memo from your smartphone at carelesstalkpodcast at gmail.com. And you should also head over to iTunes and leave us a review. Yeah, we're told by the other podcasts that we listen to that this helps the show. Also, it makes us feel real real good it does it warms uh, our little hearts because we love having egos stroked uh you can also subscribe oh yeah you should subscribe i feel like some we've had conversations with people where they just like stream it on the web and that's Which, not how podcasts what work. year is it yeah. dot gif <laughs> dot gif yeah yeah know. no <laughs> podcasts are great if you're not subscribing in itunes or stitcher or some sort of podcatcher it's great any podcast you want, your phone just tells you like, hey, boom, here's a new episode. And then you go listen to it. And it that's really, really helpful for our our podcast specifically because it comes out on no schedule. Right. You're just like, when does this come out? I don't know. Maybe I'll check. Oh, nothing. I check every day. No. Subscribe in your podcatcher. Uh, we are going to try with the next album to get all the source material and pre-record stuff and then do it weekly. There will be a bit of a hiatus, but just bear with us for the next few episodes. We love we'll, you guys. We'll be more Seriously, though, thank you for listening. To all those uptown girls and innocent mans out there. Bye. The, yes, uh, this is the theme. The historical thesis statement. This is where it all comes together. This is when it's time to make the donuts. Yeah. Make the donuts? <laughs> I, don't know. I, just, <laughs> I just said it. Oh, okay. That works. <laughs> I like donuts. <laughs>